0: Live from my Brooklyn vacation home, it is Stay Busy with the boy, Armand Sadler. Thanksgiving was a lot. Um the I I had one plate and mimosa, one plate and mimosas put me out for six hours. But it was good though, because I had <laughs> I had work at two AM. Like it, it kinda kinda worked out. I was able to sleep. Um but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Armand Sadler. Oh Y'all my God. Be busy with Armand Sadler, where we have responsible discussions on the music business, the music culture, our plates on Thanksgiving. We've been watching uh, our boy Jacques' Instagram story, checking out them awful plates. (laughs) I pray that your families love you all a bit better than what I've seen. Dry ham, mac and cheese that's kind of lacking cheese, yams that ain't really candied. Like, come on. Y'all really, really got to do better. I'm not eating at none of y'all houses, but through it all, still a vegan chorizo poppy. Multiple miles Monday, Poppy. Um, Brooklyn, New New Jersey, Poppy. I I I, I, I kind of be all over. Um, I'm 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 not the best Valley Parker in the world, actually. And I forgot to announce this. I'm now your new favorite Uber driver. Um, okay. Respect your Uber drivers, okay? Like I, I really put a lot of effort <laughs> into making the perfect playlist for you all. Um the the small talk thing. I don't like small talk, but I, I really be engaging my riders. Like I've I've learned some details about their lives that I really don't want to know, but I, I, I want that five star rating and them and them the, the compliments really hit. Like someone gave me the excellent service compliment. And I was like, oh damn, like I'm I'm really here. although I, that- <laughs> I I don't do the show alone. It's in my brother here. How you feeling? What's up, y'all? How you doing? My name is Nick Early. I'm executive producing co-host and stay busy. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm drinking a lot of stuff this morning. I have uh, this very beautiful smoothie here We're good. to my right. And then to my left, uh, don't judge my container. I'm drinking right out the Pyrex because I don't <laughs> have the time. This is some matcha tea. We'll get into that later. Breaking badass, nigga. <laughs> Funny enough, that's what I was watching. That's what I've been watching for the last... That's probably why I'm inspired by it. I drink straight out the beaker. Shout out Walter White love that uh yeah i know nick and i are not here alone as well shout out to our vp of everything kieran hurley the man that you cannot see but you can feel we, we, we need to get that trademark we got to put that on a shirt for him a hoodie a hat we can get him a mug too can't see me but you feel me that's that that's hard exactly um listeners shout out to our first time listeners returning listeners tapping back in to the busy boys season two whether you like Dressing or stuffing? Now, now this this is very contentious between. Just you know, finish the whole thing. Just the whole fine, thing. Fine, fine, fine. Whether you like, whether <laughs> you like dressing or stuffing, handshakes or hugging, kickbacks or clubbing, Harlem shaking or dubbing. Mmm. This, this is, this is, now we really need to address this stuffing dressing uh, dilemma here. Dressing goes on salad, Nick. Stuffing goes with turkey. Like uh, it. it be this. You woke up today in an undisclosed location and chose violence. <laughs> That's what you did this morning. That's always, what you did this morning. I always choose chaos. Choosing peace is, you know, someone said choosing peace is, is depressing. And you know what? I'm I'm, I'm not going to die on that hill. But chaos mm-hmm. is always, So yes, I'm, I'm choosing chaos today.
1: Depressing
0: is it's like it's a regional way to say it. I feel like when you say stuffing. Stuffing implies just that sort of just clumpy white bread with the celery and the and the carrots and a little bit of chicken broth. I think you're dressing being- be having layers. Think- My dad makes this dressing with king crab, cornbread, tomato—not tomato. He put uh celery, carrots, all types of stuff. When I when I think of dressing, I think of succulence. I think of decadence. When I think of stuffing, I feel like I just think of. Just dry mouth. So, turkey's already dry. I want some dressing. Thank you. So, so you want some ranch on your turkey, is what you're saying? You want some Anyways, stuff. I like uh, hugs. I'm a kickback person, and I love me some dubs. So, that, those are my feelings on the rest of the things. Well, thank you for your input, but stuffing over dressing 2020 and beyond. Um, we gotta shout out Anchor, our distribution platform. If you do not know Anchor, we distribute your podcast for free to all the streaming platforms you would like to use. And regardless of your listenership, you get some sponsored ads and Zoom, allowing well, you to see my beautiful melanated face, Nick's beautiful face. His fro is on point. Gang gang. You no us. We're here. Um, being that it is a, it is a holiday weekend, uh not too much. To talk about chat-wise, um, I know I was personally tapped into Kevin Hart's clubhouse room. I, I don't know if you were in there. <laughs> I, I I stopped in for a brief moment. Uh, that's probably been the biggest room, probably of probably five, clubhouse here history. Five thousand people were in there. Five thousand at one point. When I was in, it was like four thousand two hundred something like that. Um, hmm. And I caught I caught the main moments. You know, I caught the moments of like, you know, when people were saying certain things about him, that it, it literally shut down Clubhouse, I feel like, for the rest of the day. Like, I was on, kind of off and on later on in the day, but literally, you know, I was scrolling through my feed, and every room was some sort of derivative, especially after that major room ended. Every room was some sort of derivative about, you know, divesting from men, man, uh, sort of why Kevin Hart is, uh, you know, a phony, whatever it was, and just so many varying different opinions about it, but it was, uh yeah, I was in there for its most spicy moments. So, um, so yeah. One thing about Clubhouse is they going to have a room, and then they're going to have rooms debriefing that room. Like, I, it was like yeah. five debrief rooms for the Kevin Hart conversation. I, yeah. I just found it so funny. He ended up popping into a room that was titled, Is Kevin Hart Funny? <laughs> like, that that's just so funny to I, me. I think it worked out. I think that was cool. You know, I've seen a lot of things on Twitter where you're talking about, like, uh, you know they use it for promotion or whatever I mean you never know but I doubt it the way the informal the, the nature of Clubhouse I, that's what I really think it was it was a room full of comedians and obviously some of them were connected to him so they said yo Kev okay, pop in like whatever um, so I, I think it worked out for for that side of it whether the room worked out as a whole that's kind of you know For I guess we should fill in Armand for those people who don't know just tell them kind of what occurred in that room oh yeah yeah so, Um, They were really literally just discussing like Kevin Hart's latest special. Um, There's been an ongoing conversation about him and like with everything happening in his personal life and people feeling like he's not as funny as he used to be. And he's like catering to the mainstream comedy community. Whereas, you know, his humor was a bit more niche back in the day. It was something that we could all relate to a bit more. And I, I, I was in there for an interesting part where he was like, you know, people don't care about like me making a timeless special anymore like it's like i, I kind of just need to make something that is super successful and like all my specials you know they 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 do millions i make a lot of money off of them and like whether they have longevity or not like i'm i, I love the craft and, I, and I'm, I'm doing what i want to do and like it's succeeding for me And i think people are expecting him to be a bit more um uh up with the times and a bit more res- responsible, I guess, with his humor and kind of address the things in his personal life that came out in that documentary he did and all that. And he kind of played it, played it politically. And um, it, it was, it was, there was a lot, there was really a lot that happened in that room, but it was, uh, th- this is one of the, one of the cool aspects of clubhouse. Like even if these rooms with these certain celebrities tend to get real chaotic, it's cool to hear from them directly. Because a lot of people have been speculating about Kevin Hart and what his intentions are with his career, and we got to hear from him directly. Like he still enjoys doing the comedy thing, but you know he recognizes that he kind of has to move a little differently. Um, I don't know if you had any more thoughts to share on it. No, I I mean the the real, I guess, why it was so controversial too, as well as like that was the comedy side of it and like the purpose of the room. Um, Basically, there was a young lady in the room who basically had gotten. Who's I? Th- I missed this part, but I think she was questioning him on why he had mentioned. There was a joke, I guess, in the special. He recalls his daughter a hoe, I believe, mm-hmm. and I think that she was like questioning him, asking him to clarify why he felt the need to include that. And that was what I understood. I came in after that, so I can't speak to you know exactly what happened after that. But I was in when I guess sort of the the height of moments. Uh, you know, think when things came in uh, to a head, if you will. And, uh, there, there was a lot of critique in there that, you know, Kevin, um, uh, was basically, And I think this happens on, uh, this happens on Clubhouse a lot is that there was something said and essentially, uh, that the, this young lady said, and then a bunch of, uh, you know, Kevin responded and a bunch of guys said, no, Kevin did not say that. Basically they were jumping and kind of speaking for him while he was right there. And a lot of people uh, felt that they were quote unquote dick riding, <laughs> um, and uh, she had actually said the word. Uh, said there's a bunch of dick riders in here, and that kind of set the room ablaze. Uh, a lot of there were some older gentlemen in the room uh, who who did not take so kindly to that term, um, and it, that just kind of went on the hill. You know, like it just felt like it went sort of downhill from there. And they were talking about, you know, like, you know, black women getting interrupted when they speak and then sort of, you know, respecting women. It just became a whole big thing. And it was interesting how, you know, the the app has been a place for, and I want to spend too much time on it, but this is an app for, you know, for me, I've, I've gotten a lot of positive things from the app, although I do see how negative it can be. And I'll be honest, I haven't in the last two weeks really spent that much time on it. But I've always tried to utilize it for its purpose i would say the the things that's why why it's even there in the first place and i've always i found when i keep my distance from it and i go in and see what i get when i need to get i'm done with the a and r panels i'm done with the manager panels all that sort of stuff like you know people are a lot of people are capping anyways but um i find i find enjoyment now in clubhouse when i can just go in and listen to it. i was in a room there playing mary shag kill for like five hours like it was a fun room so i'm, I'm in there j- just for the social things now I'm, I'm past the like growth and development sort of thing so um i guess i need to change it before i follow but anyways enough about kids let's get into some hot takes before we get into the half and half um so this hot take comes from our very own kieran uh freddie gibbs is a better rapper than j cole react nick don't think i think that's a cold take in fact i think that it's not that hot no it's not that it's not that like so obvious but i would say i would say freddie's style is a little it was obviously different than cole but they both sort of have that reverence for the older school obviously cole is more commercial and, and whatnot um, and he's mm-hmm. younger than freddie but i think i think freddie's his og and i think freddie has earned that title. And so I think that's not too crazy to give Freddie that, that status of saying that he's uh, better than, than Cole in in certain ways. Uh, technically I would say uh, just other elements like that, but you know, it's, it's, it's getting real close with that. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're threading the needle, you're threading the needle, but I would say Freddie has the edge. It's a, a room temperature take, not, not a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, This next hot take kind of connects to our larger discussion we're going to have later. I almost don't want to get into it, but I'll throw it out now just to throw some spice at the people. D-Smoke is an industry plant. For those who don't know, Armand, what is an industry plant? An industry plant is someone who is positioned to do extremely well. Uh, musically they secure a lot of big features they're pushed they're, they're almost forced on us and and they feel like an an out of nowhere success you know like a lot of a lot of artists seem like overnight successes but they've been grinding for a while the industry plants in particular like Lil Nas X got the industry plant um label uh Lizzo was called an industry plant Jack Harlow is getting called an industry plant um which is interesting to me because he, he he's, he's been grinding he's been around very organically for the last couple of years but um, yeah industry plan is essentially someone who seems like they come out of nowhere they 're getting all of the all the spoils all of the attention they 're putting out good music that 's seemingly successful but they're it it 's manufactured that way it's it's not organic so when, when you look at d smoke, you look at him being on rhythm and flow um and how you know he, to me he he was there was a huge gap between him and the rest of all all the talents there and we know he 's sir's brother um you know. From Cali, grew up in music. Very, just he's he, he's he's got it within him. Like he he seems like a very natural, just naturally good at what he does. Uh, but from rhythm and flow, he puts an album out. He um, secured huge features and Ari Lennox. Uh, he worked with Ari Lennox. He's worked with a bunch of other people, and you know we're gonna talk about this later. His album is Grammy nominated now. Black, uh, Black Habits. Black, Bad habits, Hab- Black habits. Black Habits. Black Habits. Grammy nominated now. And it's like. The man came from a competition TV show on Netflix to getting a Grammy-nominated album in 2020. And again, we're, we're going to get into it. Like, there's there's a lot to discuss with that <laughs> rap category. But, you know, if I, I usually hate the industry plant term. I, I hate that label because, like, at the end of the day, if you're signed to someone, it's kind of their job to push you and put you in the positions to be successful. Yes, exactly. But if you look at D. Smoke's very quick rise, but like it's hard not to, it's hard to not agree with the whole industry plant thing there. Well, what are your thoughts? Um, I have a few different perspectives on the matter. One being that I'm from California, from LA area. So I kind of have a better grasp of like how LA works from a musician standpoint and that sort of thing. Um, From personal experiences, of course, being someone who was there. As well as I've spent some time kind of, like, researching and understanding his backstory and, like, where he came from because I was so curious as to, like, how his rise on the show and whatnot. So from the show, for people who have not seen, D Smoke, rapper, musician, producer, is uh, was on a competition show that was hosted by T.I. Cardi B. and Chance the Rapper on Netflix. He ended up winning the show. And it wasn't until about the last episode that they revealed that he's uh, Sir, Sir Sir's R&B singer, uh, put out amazing projects in the past few years, who's been on his rise. Uh, He is his older brother, and so he's his older brother. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's the older brother, uh, which I was thought was crazy. Yeah, he's the older brother, and so um, the youngest always. Always the best, anyways. And LaMelo, LaMelo's the best. Like, it just, it's just how it works. You know, youngest is always best.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, anyways, shout out Andre. <laughs> but I looked into how he even got on the show. It was, they got a call. It's just for one, his family, and he comes from a musical family, like yeah. very much so musically connected family. So the fact that he got on, it was a matter of time. Same with Sir. It was a matter of time for that. Sir was working as an engineer. He was Tyrese's engineer for a while. People don't know that. That's why he engineered and did his whole project, Chasing Summer. Um, but he they come from that. Their mom was supposed to go on tour with Stevie Wonder instead, came back and just raised them. Like their their cousin is a well known LA artist, his name is Tiff, by the name of Tiffany Goucher. Like they're very much so connected to the scene. And in LA, when you're in the scene, especially when you have family members in the scene it's very easy to make dots connect, um, especially when you see them at Thanksgiving and Christmas and whatnot. Uh, So that is, was working in his favor. And that's not something that you fault anybody for because he stands on his own merits, which is why I think they didn't reveal his, his connection to sir until the last episode of, um, of the, of the show, you know? And so Lastly, the next thing too is is that when we're talking about him being a plant um I sort of resent that idea, and you know because I seen he didn't even want to be on the show like he had was very reluctant to do it when in, you know in the last second when they was about to say no to the audition or like the, I think they he auditioned or whatever got on, but at the end his management was like, "Ah, we're probably gonna dub this, and so uh. They called him back and said, you know, like, please, like, we really need you to do this and blah, blah, blah. And So he went on to do it. Um, and then, of course, won. But I feel like he's one of those people that stands on his own merits. So the industry plant thing, too, in addition, like, he has been sort of outside of, I, you know, competition shows propelled a lot of people. And I think that there, there's so many now that just they're kind of diluting. But there hasn't really been a rap one that has set somebody on a good track. And I think the fact that he was connected in the L.A. scene, that he's already respected, people already knew who he was, worked in his favor. And I think it was just the added marketing push that he needed. So I don't see him being a plant. He's an accomplished lyricist, an accomplished musician. He, the man is is really, really worth everything that he is, is receiving. So, I mean, yeah, maybe the Grammy nom is a little, it's a little eyebrow raising because it's like, oh, interesting. But at the same time, I find that you know, if you listen to the project, you would say that okay, this guy's good. You're not gonna you're not gonna write him off and say that he's undeserving, quote unquote. You may be shocked about it, but you can say ah, I don't know. But I think that's the whole thing about this whole Grammys thing. I had a major point I was gonna say and I just forgot it. But keep going. We have we have a bunch to get into regarding the Grammys. But before we do that, we should take a drink because I know we're parched. So what you sipping on, bro? I just took. A, I just took a sip. This is my uh, little bit of smoothie. It's got some strawberries, blackberries, blueberries. You know how that is with a, just water and just that in water, just letting the fruit do its magic, detoxifying, purifying, eradicating. <laughs> you know how that goes. You get the toxins out on these early mornings. <laughs> but um, our half and half y'all is coming out of protocol.com. This is a really interesting one, and I wanted to talk about it. Um, because of just where we are in streaming in the world. This is Inside YouTube's Plan to Win the Music Streaming Wars. This is by David Pierce. Um, so, of course, people who don't know YouTube, of course, they have music on the platform, but now they have created in the last few years YouTube Music. And at one time they had Google Play as well when Google acquired YouTube. And They had both of them running at the same time. YouTube has since doubled down, and now they've gotten rid of Google Play, and it is now YouTube music that they are pushing all their effort into. I was specifically interested by this because for us, for our generation, uh, who's kind of been there since the beginning with streaming and been aware of it, YouTube music seemed late to the game, and the article discussed that they're about 10 years late to the game. Uh, and so they're talking about how YouTube Music is approaching their competitive advantage to becoming one of the premier uh, streaming services, and how they would want to take their market share for real. Because YouTube Music service, uh, they're, they're now of course like a a ten month, a ten dollars a month premium app, um, and so. They're getting ready to ramp up and battle these, as I said, the giants in the industry. So, right now, currently, YouTube Music has 30 million paid subscribers, which is up 60% since last year. I'm shocked that they even have that many that people are paying for YouTube Music. I I wouldn't even know the first thing about it. (laughs) And then Spotify, of course, has 144 million at the top, Apple Music has more than 60 million. They didn't give numbers for Pandora and, and Tidal and others, but as we know Spotify and Apple Music are the ones to beat thereafter probably Tidal uh the ones to beat in this industry but their whole approach is so fascinating because they're uh essentially targeting since they're 10 years behind they're targeting people who are 10 years behind us and they're trying to push and basically make a long-term play if you will and so there's a quote by Mark Mullen who's an industry analyst in in the article he says it is arguably a better fit for Gen Z And younger millennials than Spotify is, as YouTube as a whole plays a much bigger part of their overall digital lives, end quote. And so when you're saying it, he was speaking toward YouTube. As a platform, which I thought was really interesting, because when I think about my younger cousins and what they're doing, they're like YouTube experts. They they they're watching YouTube, they're streaming stuff, they're watching Fortnite videos, all that sort of thing, and so they're highly highly engaged from a visual standpoint. I mean, you see little two year olds with tablets these days watching YouTube, and they know how to navigate everything. Mm-hmm. So it's smart, I think, to play towards that. This is their TV in a lot of ways. That this is how they're engaging and whatnot. And so. They go on to talk about younger artists too how they're in, interacting with them but they say YouTube's first advantage and they use the example of Mariah Carey's all I want for Christmas is they talk about YouTube they say YouTube has a corpus of unique music content that none of its rivals can touch so they're talking about you know of course most of the platforms have pretty much the same as they said sixty million songs um, that you can just play from the, the platforms uh, but they said that, you know, quote, that there you can watch the original version of All I Want for Christmas, the carpool karaoke version, a duet with Mariah Carey and Justin Bieber, the scene from Love Actually that features the song, and countless live performances, covers, and remixes. And so that, of course, is a unique advantage that you get to engage with the song in different ways. And yeah, I think that's important for the culture, and I think that's important for people, you know, for a song to, I mean, that's such a song that's so as ubiquitous as that one. I mean, that song is one of the, the great, it's probably one of the highest-grossing songs of all time. It, it's in the top, I think. If it's not the, it's one of the most highest-grossing songs of all time. Uh, and so it, it, was, it was an interesting play that to say that, you know, the ability for YouTube music to have their own unique content as a major DSP, because, you know, other DSPs like SoundCloud, completely user-driven, um, users putting out the content and whatnot. So uh, the second thing that they were talking about uh, was artist forward tools and how they're making a double down to supporting artists and supporting um, you know, musicians to grow within the platform. Um, so they have some services, of course, live streaming, the article opens up with your man, they use the uh, case study of black, and how his for his, uh, he did a over the quarantine, did a live stream. And that was something that LVRN was trying to be unique with. And so uh, they how they partnered with YouTube to do this specific stream and not just you know turn on a camera and and do a a, a live show for him. Um, they really wanted to make that that step with YouTube and make it work. Um, and they kind of did that where he was performing on the billboard and then they did the the sort of half live half streaming. So it created a little bit more of a buzz and was something a little different in the space. And those are the sort of things that YouTube is, YouTube Music is trying to involve themselves with and get ahead of. in and, and helping artists they have this thing as well called foundry and as well as artists on the rise to help musicians grow on the platform uh, using advice and for promotion for ads and sort of things like that so spotify has a few things like spotify for artists has a few um uh, let's say user resources not user resources well like artist resources um like make sound better or something like that where it allows you to like get musicians to play on your records to make them sound better But uh, yeah, it it really it's really fascinating to me because it shows you all the different things that YouTube music as a who we would say seemingly late to the game is making an effort to carve their space. Um, Lyra Cohen is the head of music. If you don't know who Lyra Cohen is, he's um, he was once the head of uh, 300 Entertainment, Young Thug and some really big artists, as well as he has a huge history. in you know, I think he was at Def Jam for a long time. Um, So he's an industry Titan, if you will um regardless of how you feel about the man but he uh he, he's at the helm of that so i'm excited to see what youtube music does maybe i'll get it maybe i won't we'll see yeah i don't know if i'm gonna pay for another streaming service but i am interested to see the future of like what's next like you know we're, we use spotify we use apple music and we've seen them update and kind of become more User friendly and more more personal, but it's like, what's the next step for streaming? So, this will be really interesting to see. Uh, good, good, good half and half. Shout out to you in the uh, the Pyrex glass. <laughs> uh huh. Matcha. <laughs> oh, we here. Um, want to show some love to our employee of the month. We were so great, uh, grateful to have her pop up last week. Uh, for our episode with Kojo Olivia, again, social media and digital media strategist for Trippy Red. You might have heard of him. He's only had his last five albums chart in the Billboard Top Ten. Um, she's also the director and founder of Amethyst Collab, um, and she hosts digital panels exclusively for women working in marketing, A and R, music. She lets she wants you out to hear from the women. We want to hear from the women. We don't want the music industry to be like Clubhouse where the women are constantly being silenced. So shout out to Olivia for giving that platform and voice. To the women, that's our employee. Let's get into this slide deck. Take us away, Frank.
1: The best song wasn't the single, but you were either. All
0: right. <clears throat> so this week's slide deck is interesting. Um, Nick, Kieran, and I were were, uh, were, were conversing, and evidently. Kieran feels as though Nick has been smoking me with the slides this season, like what a capital S. Called it a landslide, like not just oh, you know, Armand, like Nick's Nick got you. Like he said, it's a landslide. So that said, I'm on. I'm coming with the heaters of all heaters moving forward. This is this is this is friendly brotherly competition, but respectfully, I'm about to smoke you, bro. That okay, said, against myself. So <laughs> go ahead. Let's hear. Let's hear uh, what you got. What you bring to us? I got some. You know, I always like to put the listeners on to new stuff, new things, uh, some stuff you may not have heard of. But if you're familiar with the artist, I'm going to bring you the interesting things. So, I have a great one that I I, I stumbled upon. This um, this very intriguing artist. Uh, his he goes by the name of Omar Apollo. If you've heard of him, I'm sure you're. Excited right now. You may think about a song about the plays his office project that came out in 2019. It's called "Friends." This is "Kickback" by Omar Apollo, produced by Omar Apollo and Dream Boy Oscar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: what really caught me, man. When I when I I'll I, say what caught me, and I think he's from California as well. Um, I have to double check that. But what caught me is when I turned that song on when I was looking for some slides. That just that groove. When a groove dropped, that hit me in a different kind of way. That. Like, dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. which is crazy to me um so i was i was really 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 excited to hear it and then the man's vocals came in i was just like oh he's sing sing he's not from california he's from he's from hobart oh he's born in hobart indiana but his parents are from guadalajara people really do- people will be from other places you know so uh But, yeah, he he grew up in, in Indiana. Sounding like that. Sounds dope, man. So shout out to you, Omar Apollo. I ran his other projects. The man's dope. Kind of straddles the line between alternative R&B, pop, and a little bit like he has a rock star element to him. So he's super dope. But, you know, that funky bass line. And he did that song in 15 minutes. I read it uh, on Genius. So he wrote it in 15 minutes. So just vibes. You go with vibes, you know? Yeah, yeah. That was hard. That was hard. I messed with that. That was cool, I guess. Um, I've got a track by the name of Uncle Iroh. You don't even know who Uncle Iroh is. Don't matter. Don't matter. I'm I'm, I'm here for the music. Preposterous. This is by Toby Lou, produced by Toby Lou, Maximilian Muller, Facer, K Twice Beats, Mateo Woods, and Austin Mark. Hella production, but when you hear this, you'll understand why. It's hard and we yes.
1: i up, man. in a I got so fucked up in Toronto. I saw my eyes closed like a blindfold. Ice cold green tea. Whoa, Uncle I Iro. I went stupid on the wrist. I look candid in my pics. Who that talking all that shit? I want him to meet my fist. We don't play that little bitch. You so fake like counterfeit. I'm just getting off this fit. Tell me getting kind of thick. They don't know me, they not here Phone on two percent. I think me and you should dip. I wish you could take a hint. you're the one I wanna miss. I went stupid on the wrist, I went ugly on a rack, right. yeah I pull up in the front, sitting pretty in a back that bangin' in no whip, yo, bitch said, what is that? Now she saying all my shit. My shit different when it hit. And who still think they shit don't stink? Ain't nobody ask you what you think. Two white cups, and I got that drink. It could be purple, it could be pink. I'm just a big ass kid. I had a dream and I took that risk. Man, y'all really can't tell me shit. When I pull up, this it's that bitch, it's that nigga. Young know, six I One like seven. The shit hit different. I'm high as heaven, I just wanna miss it. I need two seconds. The room keep spinning. He probably
0: got all them producers because he done. He had to cite and get clearance from Drake. He got all the producers. The, the, the K Twice and M is probably the producers from I'm On one. But uh, I heard that joint. I was driving Uber, and like dri- driving Uber has really helped me to. It's it's enhanced my music listening. I'm listening to a lot more stuff, but it's made me more critical because like if, if some shit come on and I got like a 25 minute drive and I'm just not in the mood to hear it, like I'm, I'm skipping. But this joint I heard. I had to repeat it because I really, really messed with it. I ended up saving it. I put it on a playlist that I'm dropping pretty soon too. Um, so shout out to Toby Lou, Uncle Iroh. He's got a really, really dope flow. I, I love the the production there, the vibe. He would be rapping. I, I, I've heard some stuff from him before. Yeah, he he be rapping. His cadence uh, switches. Yeah, it was it was just a it was a track that had layers to it. Um, I, and mm-hmm. I love like you know I I love minimalist music, but I also love music that has a lot of detail and attention to it. And that, that that track felt very, very substantive, very layered. So as y'all know, Slide Deck playlist is on all platforms. You can hit the link tree in our IG bio. If you want a slide added to the slide deck artist, you know what to do. Email us staybusypod at gmail dot com or hit us at StaybusyPod on IG and Twitter. Ah, this board meeting, we got we have thoughts. We have questions. Nick, are you ready for the board meeting, bro? I'm just as prepared as I can be, man. So, it is Grammy nomination season. The Grammy nominations came out this week. And there were many feelings, many thoughts, many oversights. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to get this out the way before we really get into the discussion. I've stopped letting the Grammys affect me uh, maybe like two years ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of just laugh <laughs> whenever, whenever the nominations come out because, you know, they the, – I, I will say that they've done the last couple of years, they did a solid job with the rap album category specifically, but this year it was just clear, clear pandering. Like it, it's just, it's just really nasty with what, what they did. So um, I know Nick has a lot of thoughts regarding the R&B. I'm going to give my yeah. rap album category, but I would love to get into the R&B first because uh, I, 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 I think there was one project I, I, I predicted Giveon would, would get nominated. So I was very, very happy to see that. The rest of the category, though. (laughs) Okay. This is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. Um, Wow. So when we think about R&D as a whole right now and the crisis that it is going through, there was a very amazing article, and I'm, I'm halfway through it, but so far it's just hitting everything on the head. This is uh, an article out of Complex uh, by Carl Sherry, or Sherry, Cherry or Sherry? Um, I don't know how to say his last name, but shout out to you, Carl, because your work is amazing. It came back in uh, early, like, about well, last week or so, saying R&B isn't dead. It's going through an identity crisis. And he goes on to, you know, discuss sort of either we're sort. He says the current definition of genre is either too restrictive or too fluid, and mislabeling by record labels has led to the perception that it isn't successful or as profitable as it actually is. Uh, That's when he was talking about, you know, just sort of the decline in a commercial sense of R&B and the the lack of effort from labels putting into it. But, you know, he goes on to talk about a little bit more about the mislabeling. Um, And he says, you know, the main sentence for the paragraph, he says, mislabeling plays a major part in shaping the the R&B is dead narrative. Um, And I think that's just so correct. And I think that a lot of the times Grammys, it's kind of weird how they choose between, it's kind of like they they pick between certain years they want to go all art, and then certain years they want to go all commercial. And it seems as if in between the choices for R&B for me are either like, that makes no sense, or it's like, finally. <laughs> and I feel like this year we're somewhere in between. And I will say, given the year that we've had an R&B, for Best R&B Album to have zero woman nominations is nuts. I I need to find a Stephen A. type adjective. Preposterous. Outlandish. (laughs) Um, It is. Mm. It's. I almost have no words. Um, And, you know, in a lot of ways, are we shocked? Not really. Am I disgusted? Of course, considering the amazing, unbelievable R&B products that have come from women this year. Within this cycle, when I say this year, we're talking about this cycle that's eligible for these Grammys. So, you know, we have 2019 that's eligible. Um, Some 20, a lot of 2020 stuff is obviously eligible. (sighs) I mean, Laker, Brandy, the La Havis like, Just the names go on and on and on. Even on the commercial side, Tiana Taylor, Summer, like it, you know, it's and it, you know, for those who don't understand the Grammy process as well, people pitch their songs. They have to apply, essentially, to be nominated for a Grammy. And they had some early round voting where Brandy's camp put all their stuff out and said, hey, for your consideration is what they'll do typically, you know, and, and they'll put the that's when they're pushing um, the songs that they want for specific categories. And just for just for the moment that we've had for women in R&B this year, for none of it to get acknowledged just is very confusing. And I will say I'll go through each category in a second here but i wanted to hone in and start the conversation with best r&b album because i feel like the women have been leading r&b for a very long time now they've been holding it single-handedly and been saving it and for that not to be reflected here is just indicative that they're not reflecting our culture and i guess it is what it is but you know, a lot of discussions on Clubhouse. One particularly interesting one I'll get to R and B song, um, or R B performance, but you know are we going should the next generation divest from the Grammys? You know, should the next generation sort of say, Well, we're over this because it's just so fascinating what's happening now. Let's go through the nominees best R&B album for albums containing at least 51% playing time of new R&B recordings whatever that means new what does new mean probably not covers is what they mean but anyways happy to be here aunt clemens um and i want to give all these artists their due respect as artists um, Ant Clemens is a fantastic writer. He's been on a lot, a lot of stuff in 2020. He has been making a tear through the industry. Featuring, you know, he helped write Damage with her. He's written on all types of projects this year. This project, I'm going to be honest, I turned it off. I turned it off. It um, it just didn't capture. That's not because he's bad per se. It just... The word "best" to me just there's no way that this project was included in of the best of the of the year. No. Not for me, even on the guy on the male side. If we're going to talk male R&B, the, I I'm shocked. Um, that saying, Aunt Clements, I think it's a very talented individual, and I want to give him all his respect, all his due. However, I just don't think that this project in the conversation take time give on not shocked there not mad at that on has made his mom has you know had his moment this year and so there you know obviously I've run the project a few times it's fine you know it's 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 great it's a good project and here's one that I wasn't so mad at now there are other three to feel love loved by uh, Luke James Lou James is one of those generational talents when it comes to singing, acting. Um I think he doesn't get enough of his own due because the man really sings down. He sings everything. I haven't run the project, but from the people that the R&B heads that I know it was okay. And I'm going to listen to it, I haven't listened to it when we obviously have our second discussion about this, this is going to be like pretty much a part one because we have to debrief before and after. Make sure we catch up. Um, I'll be able to speak more towards it, uh, but I just can't help but think about all as I'm saying these projects. The different women who have projects that need to do, to be included. Bigger Love, John Legend. I John Legend is one of my biggest inspirations, and this project should not be on here. And you know, I, I really enjoyed that project too. But when I saw it there, I was like, oh, oh, "This project over Brent over division mm-hmm. over." I mean I, there's there's so many. There's there's so many. I John Legend is he's nearing legacy act status. Not legacy, but like for us he's he's in his DeAndre said the best. He's in the back nine of his career, if you he's OG. off reference. He's OG. Yeah, he's an OG. And that's there's no wrong wrong with that. Um I for me, this did not hit per se. Um, especially in the R and B world to me. Um, how many people talked about this project? How many people listened to this project? I listened to it and I ran it. Ran it twice, I believe, when it first came out, and I haven't visited any of the songs. Yeah. It you know, he's he's in all these different pockets. He's he's really pop. Now he I mean he's a household name. John Legend has reached household name status and that's great for him. He like I said, he is my one of my biggest inspirations ever. I just don't think that this project was the best display of best R&B album. <sighs> All rise, Gregory Porter. <sighs> Gregory Porter is another amazing, unbelievable singer. He typically, he's a former NFL athlete that became a jazz singer. So he typically is in the jazz world singing. I haven't run his project and I will run it for it to be an R&B when there's a whole jazz vocal scene. Obviously, What I've heard on Clubhouse is that people can pitch or apply to certain categories, but at the end of the day, the committee can delineate where they want them to go. So I'm sure he naturally had put himself in the jazz lane because that's where he sits typically. And I don't know if he got pushed to R&B. I haven't heard the project, but when I listen to it, I'll have more thoughts on it. That said, I'm sure there's a lot of people's first time hearing the name Gregory Porter. Um, I'm I've been hit Tim for a, a very long time. But uh he's an amazing act. It's just these are all good acts. It's just not what you would say as the best. It doesn't feel of twenty twenty R and B. None of it. None of it feels reflective. I you. And you, they kinda had to do that. Like if you didn't give Gibeon the Grammy nomination this year for what he's done, like the rise he's had, and like even beyond Chicago freestyle, like he had music out prior to that. Like, I, I was hip to him before I heard Chicago. I was like, Oh, this kid is dope. Like, he's, he's, he's different. He sounds really different. And seeing the success of Like I Want You, take time, the project, him coming right back or, when it's all said and done. This is Gibeon's year to give him that nod. Yeah, he's taking yeah, he collection that feels reflective of 2020. Like, and you know, whether you feel the weekend is RB or pop, the weekend Getting Zero Nominations, crazy. Justin Bieber came out about his album, Changes. I really like Changes. I've actually been revisiting that a lot. I remember we talked about it season one, and I, I was angry about it when it came out, Valentine's Day weekend. I revisited it. It's really, really good. And it, to me, it's, it's R&B. It's Bieber. He's white. He makes pop music, whatever. But, like, I'm not mad at him for trying to get that into the R&B, you know, conversation. But, like,
1: We'll have that comment.
0: Even if they put that on there, that would have felt more reflective of 2020. Like, no no Brent, no division for And Yes, I'm biased towards division. But, like, Brent just seems like an obvious, like. It's not so obvious. I mean, a lot of people don't know Brent, which is the, the matter, the fact of the matter, especially on these voting committees. Like, they don't know about him. He hasn't had that big commercial push yet. Brent is a huge act for those who know him, but Brent is not, hasn't reached that acclaim. I think um, that is, is happening. And then Brent is just getting started. What is that? His second or third project. And like he's, he's just getting started, which is not no, you know, no thing to him. He's also independent. So that's probably another thing. That's a, a factor that's at play here. But um, I was in a clubhouse room, actually with a lot of R&B heads. We're talking about Justin Bieber and his, basically, should he be able to claim space in the R and B world when there's so many acts that are doing great R and B, and we're the, the basically the consensus in the room was that you don't get to do R and B; you have to be R and B. Like it's not a a style you just try. It's not a thing you just. Oh, I sang a run that was an in R and B influenced now. It's got to be in the R&B category. That's not how this works. It's not how this works. You have to be R&B. You have to live it. You have to put it out there. And was the argument that, you know, we did it the right way, quote-unquote, working with Pooh Bear, working with all the different people that he works with that are R&B giants. Um, And and that's just not the case. And it felt like a lot of – it felt very, I would say – a lot of the words we use are like self righteous for him to say that, you know, like my album should have been included in R and B. That's what I set out to make. Why is it not there? When, you know, there's so many other projects that it's just not about you, Justin. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not about you. When is the last time you were about R and B? When was the last time you were for the community? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like is it, it, R and B's not something you get to just Dip into. You don't just get to dip into it. You hear or you not. Period. And so that's why I had I had problem with it. And I would have been actually frustrated if I would have seen changes on in any of the anything from changes in any of the categories. I'd have been pretty upset. But um that doesn't have. You know, I I do think some of the pro- the project has some sensibilities for it. But to not belabor the point, let's speed this up a little bit. Best R and B performance. For new vocal or instrumental R and B recordings. Um This is for the song itself for those uh who don't know. This is for the song, like the um uh not the writing. This is for you know, just listening to the song. Lightning and Thunder, Janae Eco Free King John Legend. It's okay. Good oh, song. It's, it's a it's a song. It's a good song, but is it the best? I don't know. I don't think so. Black Parade Beyonce, get that up out of here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that shit was trash. I'm not going to hold you. Shit trash. Hack it. <laughs> Send it on its way, down the way. Love you, Beyonce. Like it, um, my, my love for you should go without saying, but Black Parade do not belong in that category. Send man. it down the road, down <laughs> that way. All I need, Jacob Collier featuring Mahalia and Ty, Ty Dollar Sign. So I've known about Jacob Collier for a long time. If you don't know, uh, Jacob Collier is like a once-in-a-generation musical savant signed by Quincy Jones um his that's who's basically who he's with and he's sort of this multi-instrumentalist savant guy from the UK um and his music sits mostly to me in experimental jazz uh folk pop he's very experimental and his music goes all types of different directions and the most recent project as i see what they're trying to do because he's young he's like our age he's like 25 26 and i believe that his label is trying to push him to make more music and collaborate with artists that are a little younger that he may be able to fit in with hence the the collab here at Mahalian and ty dolla sign this song is very indicative of his style a lot happening You know, vocals raining down from the sky, instruments coming up from the earth, just doing all types of stuff going around. Is it the best R&B song? No, no, no. Good song, but not in the best performance. No, no, no. And he's in he's nominated for um, in an overall category, general category for best album. So Um, I'm of the year. Sorry, excuse me. (sighs) This next one. Goathead by Brittany Howard. <laughs> this is literally a reference. This song literally sounds like a vocal reference. Like, that they took an iPhone. I love Britney Howard from the Alabama Shakes. Brittany Howard, very strong singer. Sounds like they took an iPhone, pressed record on voice Memo, and had someone in the background playing keys, and it, her- it sounds like the 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 idea of a song. Everyone, if you have not heard "Goathead" by Brittany Howard, go run that song, and you will hear exactly what I'm saying. I was sitting, literally, saying "Wow" out loud while I'm listening to it, just thinking about all the amazing songs that have come out this year, and uh, a literally a reference, an idea is nominated. I just don't understand. See me, Emily King is the next one. Emily King. It's a great artist. I love her. She actually kind of sits in the, sort of the the uh, uh, female guitarist uh, Leanne Mahavis. Le She's in that in that sentence. I would th- I would name her in that sentence. She's a great act, amazing singer. Um, See me is a strong song, but is it the best? I don't know. Traditional, traditional. I think this category sounded very traditional, so I wasn't so mad at this. The Chloe and Hallie did throw me off, uh, so I'll go through it. Traditional recordings, typically, like, you know, more what you would hear. Uh, what do you think about R&B from way back this way? I yeah, sit down the Baylor Project. Amazing uh, song. I'm not mad at that. Um, I haven't really spent much time in traditional listening to it, but I'm not mad at it. Wonder what she thinks of me. I don't know how they consider this traditional. I don't know how this is in this category. And I think that, that they just, I think what happened is that they, they applied to this song to this category just to just make sure try to get a make it stick out in the nominations. Yeah. Uh Let Me Go Michael Kilgore. That was a great song. Um so I'm not mad at that. Anything for you, see. A lot of the RB heads are kind of like, you know, hot and warm, hot and cold about see. It is what it is, especially this last project. Distance Yeba. shout out Yeba. shout out Malachi. Uh Malachi plays keys for Yeba. that I know Malachi. Um uh, Distance, yeah, Yeba is a great act. and I'm excited to see her. Best R&B song. All right, here we go. Better Than I Imagine. This, so this category is for the songwriters. A song is eligible if it was first released or achieved its first prominence during the eligibility year. Singles or tracks only. Better Than I Imagine. This is from Robert Glasper featuring her, Michelle, and Diocello. Love Glasper, love her, and love Michelle. This song is uh, it's alright. It's not bad. The Grammys love her. I think everybody knows that at this point. And what's crazy about this specific category, she's nominated twice. She's nominated for Better Than I Imagine as well as Slow Down which is her and Skip Marley. Um, which is a reggae song. So <laughs> I, this is just kind of all over the place. Black Parade. Like we said, pack it up, send it on its way. Collide. I love this song. This is the song from um, Queen and Slim. And we collide, collide, collide. Tiana Major nine, an act that I would love to uh, to see start. You know, get her her flowers. It release one of the best projects that I like of this year. Like I said, women are carrying R and B. Um, some pretty known writers on this, Sonia Elise, Stacy Barth, who wrote on this song as well. Do it. Chloe and Halle. I think this song is very strong. I'm not mad at it being nominated for Best R&B Song. It feels, you know, they sing, sing, so it feels a little more pop, but uh, it's, uh, it's R&B in its nature. Best Progressive Album. I think that this category is has a lot of potential to be very, very, very interactive for, like, including... All the different acts. This is the one category that had things that I wasn't so mad at. Chilombo, Janaico. This was uh, for those who don't know. This was. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good album. How the (laughs) fuck did that get nominated for album of the year? (laughs) (laughs) All respect to. I love Janae. Triggered is my shit. Pussy Fairy is my shit. BS with her is my shit. Like that. That it was a really good album. I really liked it album of the year fam I, of the year what so i'm not mad that she's in this category because this was once the category this has now been renamed given light of the social uh of, you know uprisings of this this past year this was once the best urban contemporary album where they tried to put more of the commercial r the vibe and b i used to put that here uh, so it's now progressive R and B, which I think, in a lot of ways, the title now becomes a, li- a lot more of a gray area, of fluid, because progressive, like prog R and B, doesn't really exist. It used to be alternative R and B, so like now it's in, it's adding that sort of funk leaning stuff, that jazz leaning stuff, that has singing over it. Chilombo, I'm not mad that it's here, but it's here, whatever. Ungodly hour, I'm glad to see that here. Free Nationals by the Free Nationals was an amazing project. And I am very happy that it's here because you don't see the band for their Anderson Pax band. You don't see a band typically in these, in these categories anymore. Bands kind of really don't exist in a lot of ways, uh, in our sort of music and R&B and hip hop or not. And so they're there. I love it. F Your Feelings, Robert Glasper. Robert Glasper is an amazing act, jazz pianist, but lives in sort of the jazz hip-hop world, for those who don't know him. Um, but he always features amazing singers, Michelle Indigocello, her Brandy. Um, he's worked with see, He's worked with uh, Leila Hathaway, Marshall Ambrose, all these amazing acts. So him being here was a little interesting to me because he's mostly jazz and hip-hop um, and kind of straddling that line. So... That's why I feel like this category might become like sort of a free for all, like Wild Wild West category, uh, because it's a lot of stuff that's here that's like interesting. And then Thundercat, it is what it is. I love Thundercat, played based on most of Kendrick's stuff uh, for those who don't know him. He is a very strong act and has really come into his own so far as his own artistry in the last, I would say, like five years, um, where people have become aware of his own artistry. I haven't run the whole project. But I will soon, as well as after feelings. I haven't run the whole project, um, but yeah. So those are my thoughts. Sorry, that was pretty long, but I wanted to get through it uh, because I have. <sighs> I just don't understand, but we have to, I guess, deal with what it is. And I don't know that the Grammys matter no more. Don't it's, uh, it's it's weird to say that, you know, because I feel like every kid growing up that says they want to do music is saying, you know, I can't wait to get my Grammys or nominated and. It's just strange. Hey, man. Two things can exist. I'm happy for everyone who got nominated. Like, that's incredible. If that's something that you value, then awesome. Me as a fan, as a consumer, as an analyst, journalist, whatever, fuck the Grammys. Like, <laughs> at this point, it's just like, whatever. Um, let's talk about the rap side. And oh, dear God. <laughs> so, in 2018, I felt like we had a really good balance. They nominated Nipsey Hussle, Victory Lap. Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy, Mac Miller, Swimming, Travis Scott, Astroworld, um, and Pusha T, Daytona. 2020, the the Grammys we got, I Am Greater Than I Was, um, 21 Savage, YBN Cordae's album, uh, The Lost Lost Boy, I believe it was called, um, Meek Mill Championships, um, two others I can't think of, but it was still a really, it, it was a solid category. I wasn't mad at the selections, and it, it felt like there was a good balance between Quality rapping, commercial success, and just albums that clearly impacted the year. Like you can't talk about 2018 music without talking about Astral. World. You can't talk about it without talking about Daytona, Victory Lane, yeah. Invasion of Privacy, Swimming. Like, and it was good that they gave Mac that 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 that, that a posthumous nod. Um, nod, yeah. And with the the twenty the 2019 albums that were nominated for 2020, those were solid too. Like it was it it, it was a rap category that I felt was was reflective of albums that impacted the rap scene. This year's nominees for Rap Album of the Year, someone we talked about already, D-Smoke, Black Habits, um, Royce da 9 the Allegory. Really, really, really like that project. I'm actually a big fan of Royce. In terms of a Grammy nom, I'm, I'm happy for him. He deserves it. In terms of reflecting 2020 rap, absolutely not. Like, just absolutely not. Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist, Alfredo. I think that was a really, really good selection. A strong project, yeah, strong project. I think that was a great selection by the Grammy committee. This is this is probably the only one that I'm not mad at. Nas King's Disease, also a good project. I really enjoyed it. Grammy worthy? No. Jay Electronica, A Written Testimony. I feel like the hysteria and the narrative surrounding that album was stronger than the actual album itself. If Jay-Z wasn't on all of them songs, like it, it, it is what it is. If, if you're a big Jay Electronica fan, I respect it. I'm a, I hope you enjoyed the album. Me personally, Jay-Z stole the show and really made it bigger than what it probably would have been with the 10 year wait for Jay Electronica's debut studio album and all like it, it, it it really felt like they were pandering. It felt like they asked the most purest of of, of hip hop fans, this like is the purest nominations. <laughs> what would you nominate? And then we got this. Like again, I'm happy. I'm so happy for Freddie. For Freddie, deserves it. Freddie's been grinding. I'm so happy for Royce. Royce deserves it. Congrats to Nas. Congrats to J Electronic. Congrats to D Smoke, fam. Like th- th- this just ain't it. When when you look at what Lil Baby has done this year. Top Smoke has two projects that are really Meet the Wu 2 and Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Lil Uzi for Eternal Take, like um, Juice World. Like, there there are such obvious, obvious albums that they just completely overlooked. And it's like, like, you know, you you guys are kind of switching your – it seems like you're switching your criteria and what you're going for every year. Like, you did so well – with the 2018 albums balancing commercial success and quality raps, you did well with the, with last year's. And then this year it's just like, Oh, but we're just going to say fuck numbers. Like we're well, we're not looking at numbers. We're not looking at commercial success. You, you might not know this person, but well, we're going to expose you to them by giving them a Grammy. Number. Right. I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't know who Royster to five is. And when it, when it comes up Grammy day, people will be like, huh? <laughs> like, like D de- de- smoke black habits solid project. I, 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 I listened to a good amount of it. Um, and D smoke super talented. I'm very happy for him. This is incredible for him to like, this is his first, his first year as an active artist to get nominated for I mean, your first year as an active artist. Like right. very similar to give you I mean, incredible, the, but come on, like, <laughs> come on, fam. Like I think it's correct. Cool. Right. Like, and as I talk more about it, I feel myself getting like, if you want to getting impassioned. we'll let it out, brother. It's like, there's just very, very obvious nods that you could have given. There's no rapper this year more deserving than Lil Baby of all the acclaim. The BET Awards got it right, but we don't give the BET Awards that credibility. We, as the culture, slander the BET Awards every year. You know, and so Drake put out uh, uh, an IG story where he was like, yo, the weekend... Was obviously best album of the year. He obviously should have record song of the year. Party next door, division, a, a bunch of people. But Drake was like, you know, we we need to create our own thing and kind of give it that that that, Credence, form, yeah. that credibility. But we have it. The BT Awards exist. The Soul Train Awards exist. We just we slander them every year. Like we we don't give it give it that 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 lift that credibility to where artists are actually like. Yo, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get that BT award this year. Like everyone is still thinking Grammys, and Grammys are so white. Grammys don't really don't give a fuck about us. Like they, they, they really don't. Like it's yeah. clear disregard for what's actually impacting the culture. I don't know who the hell was in that room. Like what voices were in that room that thought, oh yeah, this is the rap album category. Absolutely. Like this makes sense. Like as soon as the them votes came in and you didn't see Lil Baby, Pop Smoke, Juice were on there, throw throw the whole thing away. Vote again. Start over. Get new people in that room. Like, fam, for real. This, you know, it's funny. I think just a quick point before you go into the other ones. I feel like what we're feeling here, overall, with between the two uh, categories, is that we are not mad at the projects there, but they're just they're just lukewarm. Yeah, like. like- you're lukewarm. Yeah. Obviously, best. Rap, best rap album to me is a miss from the samp from the standpoint of blending all of the different factors, like you said, commercial success, impact, all the different things. Like they have the rapper, rap rappers on here, like, and and we give them all the respect because they're all mostly OGs in here, except for D Smoke. Uh, and so, I think a lot, I've seen some purists heads that were like, "Oh, they got it right this year, finally." blah, blah, blah. But like, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I wouldn't say they got it right from the standpoint of being overall. With they got it right. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. up. No. Long story short, yeah, I'll let you continue. Um. So yeah, the best rap album category is that's going to be my bathroom break. That's going to be my
1: my god.
0: That's going to be where I answer text messages. Um. But wow. Grammy sucks. Uh, Best rap performance. Uh, This is for a rap performance. Singles or tracks only. We got Deep Reverence, Big Sean, and Nipsey Hussle. Very, very strong. Uh, Dope to see Nipsey get get that nod again. Was it one of the best rap songs of the year? No. In in a way, I'm going to just go out there and say this. I feel like people are doing that. Like, okay. This is a hot take, but in a way, and I, I I don't think that this was Big Sean's intent. But I feel like when they when it comes to like Nipsey and Grammys, like it's gonna it's gonna do it's gonna go up regardless. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Yeah. I mean, That's what I'll say. I'll leave it there. But I yeah, you're absolutely right. And like and again, I I don't think Big Sean did it with that intent either. This was something that they were exactly working, uh, prior to prior to his passing, if if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, but um, in terms of best rap performance this year, I can think of ten rap songs on top of my head. No, <laughs> Bop by the Baby," absolutely not. Uh, what's poppin', Jack Harlow? Great, that, that, <laughs> good, good, great job. <laughs> that is that is actually a solid selection. That's a really, really, really strong. I'm not mad at that yeah, Jack Harlow's thing. The bigger picture, Lil baby, not his strongest song this year. Um, it it it, it had a very strong meaning to it. It came out. For- How does that go? Oh, that's the um the uh Black, yeah, yeah yeah like he was you know and so i'm I'm glad that they gave a substantive song that this platform but it's it's not even little baby's strongest rap performance this year uh savage megan the stallion beyonce shout out to meg for uh the grammy i think this, this might be our first uh grammy nomination if i remember correctly um uh you know beyonce savage is cool um I'm 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 not mad at it. I'm not mad at that. Dior Pop Smoke uh, this is only not. I'm sorry. That's only that was Pop Smoke's only not, which is which wild. Like interesting he should have but... obviously been in the best new artist category. Um, rap album of the year, maybe, probably not. Like, and I, I really like his album. I wouldn't call it a top rap album, but I, I felt like he should have gotten a bit more than just uh this this nomination for best rap performance um and we get into best melodic rap performance uh, for us i'm so lot. glad this is a category now yeah yeah, yeah. i'm so glad because that's what it is yes. melodic rap this is what it is so yep. i'm glad that this exists I'm i like it um, this is for a solo or collaborative performance containing both elements of r&b melodies and rap um, I, th- I think they did pretty solid with with this category. We got Rockstar, the baby Roddy Rich. That, that that song's been going up all year. Um, Laugh now, cry later. Drake, Lil Durk. Shout out to Lil Durk. Grammy nomination. That's that's major. Salute to that man. Lockdown, Anderson Pack. I don't. I don't.
1: I think I heard that. I
0: don't, I don't remember hearing it. Um, yeah. It's interesting that they called it melodic. This is melodic rap because he's singing on the hook mm-hmm. and he's rapping in the verses. So like, it's technically like. From By the Standards of Melodic Rack, yes. But the sound is very different because that song is very much so live instrumentation driven. Um, and the other songs are very much so like programmed. But it, it technically fits the definition of what they have. Uh, the bottom, Roddy Rich. <coughs> I'm glad to see that there. Shout out to Roddy, that's major. And highest in the room, Travis Scott. Um, you know, Travis is going to sneak his way in. So I actually think that they got this category right. Like this is, this is a really solid category. Um, I'm 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 not mad at it. I'm I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Um, Best Rap Song. This is for the songwriters. we got the bigger picture, Lil Baby, uh, Box, Roddy Rich, Laugh Now, Cry Later, Rockstar and Savage, so a lot of songs that we've kind of seen already. Um, I'm not mad at it. Like, aside from rap album category and the best rap performance category. Actually, best rap performance wasn't even that bad. Yeah, it's really just a rap album category where they completely folded, like just absolutely awful. But again, this is the Grammys. There's a lot of people who are offering commentary on our culture that don't really understand it. Like this, you know, this rap album category is again, it's perfect for for the purists. This is something I would expect expect a 35-year-old to to come up with. Oh, these these are my albums of the year. Yeah. For the Grammys to try and convey that they have a pulse on what's going on in music. Like they really understand what's going on and, you know, hold it. Like nah. <laughs> this rap album category, no, a- absolutely not. Like, aside from a- Alfredo, you you can throw the whole thing away. And I really hope Gibbs wins. Like, if Gibbs doesn't win, it's a like Like, yeah, just big fold, like laundry folded. Like- <laughs> <laughs> um, another major point to show out here, lack of uh, woman representation as well. Um, women in rap have made a huge huge like mm-hmm. I would say they've made a lot of noise in, in the hip hop world this year and you know we could, we got to do a better job of of showcasing what the world is like you know there's a lot of women rappers out there that it, it was doing a lot too that could have fit somewhere in these categories and I know that they put their stuff up for review for, for you know applying for these, these different songs so um, you know highest in the room Travis Scott does that need to be there? I mean the song went up, but it don't need to be there. They could've put someone else there. You know? Rhapsody. So, no name. Like there's there's this I mean there's just so many. There's just so many. Rhapsody no name. Um, come on. Even in the best song category, City Girls, oh. would aren't they are eligible for that? Should be, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Bop, get up out of here. Uh, yeah. Get that up out of here. I'll my so. body. <laughs> so. Um you know, but yeah, Grammys How does are, this make you feel, man? How does this all make you feel as we wrap it up? Um, I don't feel anything. Like I said, I've really just kind of pushed the Grammys. I I don't let the Grammys affect me anymore. Our toxic relationship is over. I've I've blocked their number. I'm leaving them all red. Yeah. I'm not in the DMs. Like, you know, the, the Grammys can, can leave me alone i'm, I'm choosing peace <laughs> but yeah. um, for those who are affected by it, i completely understand why you're upset because it's like they have every opportunity every resource to get it right and they don't and yeah. it's like after the years of complaints after the years of fumbles after the years of narratives and hate thrown their way like fam it's 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 not that hard to get it right. Like, listen to the people. If you listen to the people, the people will tell you what's going up this year. Little baby pop smoke juice world. Like, it it should go without saying. It. It's obvious. <laughs> I I I feel you on that too. But it's also it's like, what's the onus on us as people? Like, I I'm, I would hope that all of these teams did submit. To the Grammys, right? And then I think from there, yes, it is up to the Grammys to kind of see and review. I don't know the criteria for voting, right? I don't know if it's just saying like they, that they cast the ballot or saying like, you know, I don't know how they grade the songs, rate the songs, whatever. And, you know, there's rounds of voting. And I'm going to really do a deep dive. This isn't really inspiring. That's how this made me feel is to really, really want to understand and see how the process works. And I know vaguely, you know, some ideas about that There's rounds of voting that it's comprised of members and you have to find be a member and so on and so forth. Um, and that can get political <laughs> because of who can be members and who's in the room. And, you know, I'm sure it's in a lot of ways, there's a lot of things that, you know, are hush-hush about it. But I think that this of everything has inspired me to really want to like, See how does this work. I do want to give a nod though in the best new artist category to Megan and Chica. Megan and Chica. Chica is an incredible, incredible lyricist and rapper. I want to give them a special shout out because they are uh, two female MCs that are doing their thing in their own right. Chica sounds a little different than Megan's, but that's what I love about it. That you know, it's not just one thing, it's it, there's a spectrum of it. Um, I guess I might as well just say all the best thing artists Ingrid Andrews, Phoebe Bridgers, Chica, Noah Cyrus, D Smoke also is there, Doja Cat, Catronada, which is just like,
1: Katronata's been out since <laughs>
0: probably like, <laughs> gotta be early 2010s, he's been out. But obviously, if you understand the way the category is, it's about, you know, they say um, this category recognizes an artist who is in, with whose LGBT eligibility year releases so within the time of the year that it's eligible those releases have achieved a breakthrough in the public consciousness and notably impacted impacted the musical landscape which is definitely the case of of Kate so with his his project bubba so i really just want to give him a shout out as well uh, they can get doja up out of here they can get Osiris cyrus up out of here um, so yeah Man, I don't know about this stuff, man. It it, it kind of like it's defeating. It's defeating in one way because it's like, you know, yes, we should, as a culture, validate and respect our own thing, the things that are us, you know, for us and by us. Soul Train Wars, BET Wars, like you said, those sort of things. Um, But it just seems that, you know, that we don't do that enough. And... That's for, you know, for whatever reasons that it may be. I feel like BET Awards every year, people now are just kind of like keyed into the performances and just want to see, like, who's performing and whatnot. But I think giving credence to these actual awards can result, I think, in sort of a general lack of... I, I think we just won't be as disappointed. And I think that we will we will let the Grammys be whatever it is. And obviously the Grammy's not going nowhere, right? It's too much of an other world other than just the two categories that we spoke of. And so the Grammys is not going nowhere. We know that. However, if our awards shows can get it right, and whatever those prizes are, if they can get it right, and we give, acknowledge those awards, then the Grammys do whatever they do. People won't be as frustrated. So. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. It is what it is. Stay busy award show coming soon. Um we're it's gonna loading. We'll make sure that we get it right. Um extensive board meeting for y'all. And we, we got more coming when these when the Grammys uh actually happen. And I'm sure that <laughs> they're gonna have some big surprises and twists and turns for us. We're into popcorn, Drake, and party next door. Um Let's get into this bulletin board. Cyber Monday is loading, so we want to encourage you to buy black. I'm rocking my buy Frank Oh boy shirt. Uh, so tap in. You, you you see it. I got the Prince shout out. Buy Frank. Check out his merch. Oh, hit hit his website. I got buy, another one. Buyfrank.com. dot um, And yeah, tier check out the Shop Tier, uh, big brand in New York. Um a lot that, that damn print is fired. That's hard. That's hard. He he actually gave me a sticker too. Yeah, he got stickers, he got prints, shirts, like he got everything for y'all. So we encourage you to buy black. Um and buy buy me a PS5 too. Like I, I, I wouldn't mind if one of y'all offered me a PS5 for Christmas. So uh tap in, tap, tap, tap in. Um but the, the, that's that that's the busy boys we hear with the with the banter, with the with the breakdowns, with the energy. Um, we hope you had a very safe, restful, enjoyable Thanksgiving. We hope you ate a lot. I'm going to see y'all Monday. We run it. We're back multiple miles on Monday. Good ta- word. Ta- ta- word to Saweetie. I'm the boy Armand. It's my co-host, Nicholas Early. So, Kieran is here. Thank you. But you feel him. We encourage y'all to wear your masks, wash your hands, stay safe, stay humble, stay busy.
1: Baby girl, baby girl, how you feelin'? I've been out in the world, staying busy Taking time, getting right, if you miss me Oh yeah!
0: You what? Got, the Got the slides, I'm the size, running
1: down, no you hold it down. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feelin'? Hey. I've been out in the world, stayin' busy. Oh, yeah. Taking time, gettin' right if you miss me. What? I've been out in the world, stayin' busy. Oh, yeah.